Two and a half centuries later, this warrior's descendant, best known for his love of dogs, Mahabad Khan had 150 of them with an equal number of dog handlers on his payroll and individual quarters for all the canine retinue. The Nawab was the first political target to come into the sights of Dhirubhai Ambani. It was during a movement aimed at overthrowing the Nawab's rule and securing Junagadh's accession to India during the partition of British India in 1947 that Ambani, then a teenage high school student, had his first experience of political organization and his first brushes with authority. It was the only moment in modern times that Junagadh had figured in the calculations of statesmen. Even today, Junagadh and its surrounds, a region known as Khatiawar, remain one of the quietest, most traditional regions of India and until the end of the 20th century, one of the least accessible in the otherwise busy northwest coastal area of the country. The land itself is dry, open, arid and stony. The monsoon rains quickly run off down the short rivers and nullahs that radiate from the rocky hinterland and out to the Arabian Sea. The roads are lined with stunted people trees and stony fields are fenced with straggling rows of cactus. The standard building material is a porous dun-coloured stone cut by saws into ready-made blocks from pits near the seashore. There are few of the modern ferro-concrete extravagances built by the newly rich or the industrial plants and their residential colonies extending into farmland in other Indian regions. But the landscape is monotonous. Katiawa's people compensate for it with riotous colors where they can. The women drape themselves with cotton scarves tie-dyed in red and orange. The local scooter taxi is the Enfield motorcycle grafted to a flat tray resting on two wheels at the back. The handlebars decked with colored lights, electric horns and whirling windmills. The homes of wealthy merchants are adorned with mouldings of swans, peacocks, flamingos, parrots, elephants, lions and tigers. Massive double doors, twelve-panelled and with heavy iron studs, open tantalizingly onto huge inner courtyards. A blood-drenched history and complicated mythology are attached to the landmarks and constructions of Katiawar. On the coast to its west, at Dwarka, is the place where the deity Lord Krishna is said to have died. To the south, the Temple of the Moon at Somnath is a destination for Hindu pilgrims from all over India. In the steep Girna hills above the city of Junagarh, long staircases take pilgrims to Jain temples that date back to the 3rd century BC. The city was an important center for Hindu rulers of Gujarat in the first millennium. Then, Junagadh suffered for centuries of sackings until the Mughal rule gave it some stability, with Muslim rulers controlling its largely Hindu population. Both its rulers and its people were onlookers in the contest for India's trade among the English, Dutch and Portuguese, whose galleons fought vicious battles off the Gujarat coast. At night, seen from the coastline at the south of Junagadh, Processions of navigation lights travel left and right along the horizon. The seaborne traffic between the west coast of India and the Arabian ports goes on as it has for millennia, even more intense. Gujarat was the trading hub of ancient India, where Indian cottons and silks were sold to Arabs and later the East India Company in return for silver, gold, incense and coffee from the Red Sea port of Mocha. 
Gujaratis were prominent in this pre-colonial Indian Ocean trading network, to which India contributed its wealth of cloth, indigo, opium and spices. The small ports of Khatiawar took part in this trade. Diu handled much of Gujarat's trade with Aden in the west and Malacca in the east. Gold, silver, quicksilver, vermilion, copper and woolen cloth would be exchanged for Indian gold and silver embroideries and brocades and for cotton muslins of a fineness expressed by such trade terms as abravan or running water, bathava or woven air or shabnam or evening dew. Indian entrepreneurs in Calcutta, the Marwari traders and moneylenders originally from Rajasthan, in Bombay the Parsis or Zoroastrians originally from Persia, began moving into large-scale industrial production late in the 19th century.